When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Joy McFarlane, and today I'm joined by pod regulars Scott McDermott and Mark McDougall. We look back over an awful performance at Ibrox as St Johnson scored three. Scott, what was your overall take on the game? Um, like a few of the Ibrox games this season, Johnny, to be fair, uh, really lethargic performance, uh, laboured, um, no, just a bit cumbersome at times, there was no energy, there was no urgency um, and after decent results of late, obviously the two wins against Aberdeen, the Hibs away game, probably especially the Hibs away game not because of the performance but because they had played so poorly at Hibs but had showed such character and determination and resilience to get a crucial three points they should have went into the St Johnson game absolutely bouncing. There should have been a real verve about them, you know, a real confidence about them uh, in terms of the players getting out and you know, really standing standing tall. Um, they get the perfect start after five minutes with the Morelos goal, which was against the run of play, bizarrely, because St Johnson started, started really well. Get the goal, and they should have really kicked on, but instead, and we've spoken about it um, at other times this season, we think the Hamilton home game, for instance, just really, as I'll say it again, just laboured in possession, taking too many touches, no tempo. Um, listen, St Johnson scored three cracking goals. Uh, well, really. two, two cracking goals. The, the middle goal. The header. That was terrible defender. Well, it was terrible. It was a great finish. Oh, yeah. No doubt, but a free header in the box when you've got one St. Johnson player and four Rangers players. Unforgivable. Danny Wilson was terrible for the the header because you see the replays and we've seen the highlights. Before the cross goes in, Danny Wilson actually looks behind him and sees Danny Johnson. So he knows the danger. He knows what he's got to defend against, but just gets caught under the ball. Um, No, misreads misreads the flight of it, gives Johnson a couple of yards. And it's a great finish. Um, the third goal for, for Cummings, I'm looking at West Fodringham again and thinking, should you really be scoring for that? Well, Mark's that one distance. of the big defenders of West Fodringham. And this is no. this is not a video, but if you could see Mark's face just now, <laughs> folks, he's not happy. That's Mark, it's a, it's a decent it's a decent strike, but he shouldn't be losing a goal for that. It's a an, it's an acute angle, isn't it, Mark? I don't think so. I think it's the one visit, one part of the goal where. He can't get to it. It's the only place that he could hit that ball and it goes in. Uh, as I say, I, I said this yesterday to Johnny, I think it's the same as Kyle Lafty's goal on Sunday, where it's the only place that he could put that for it to be a goal was yeah. where Cummins did it. I think Declan John was really poor at that goal. Mm. I mean, he jumps out of the way of the ball yeah. instead of just putting his foot through it, he might take a sore one, but he's yeah. got to do that. Is it a case that's a little bit hard to analyse because... The, the camera angles that we have in Scottish football you don't get that behind the goal to see the flight of the ball the, you remember that goal that was scored by Scott McDonald in the old in, uh, sorry Gary Hooper in the old firm game and you, you were right behind the ball so you yeah, saw the, trade- the tra- trajectory of it that curled in yeah. you'd want to see it from that kind of angle to, yeah. to understand what Fotheringham maybe could have done better but I suppose with what we have you have to say it's a, it's a great strike it, but it was a great hit and Blair Alston's was an absolute peach as well yeah, uh, I mean I know the sports scene boys were kind of criticising Alves for his header out and maybe but it's, that's great with hindsight to say yeah. he should have put the header somewhere else I mean he's hit that with his left foot and that's Blair Alston scored a couple of crackers at, at Ibrox now um, he got one to get the colour last season at the top corner He'll never hit one like that again with his left foot uh, with that accuracy. Um, so I suppose in that sense, you, know, you think the Cummings hit and Alston's hit, Rangers are a tad unlucky, but still 
the defending and the general play. There's a, there's there's a bigger situation than just the goals, isn't yeah. it? Because it's the balance, the overall play. Yeah. Did you think St Johnson were the better side, Mark? Uh, I don't think St Johnson were very good, but Rangers were just that bad that it made them look a bit better, I think. There wasn't a player in that Rangers team that got past marks, and I don't think uh, even like said, McCrory has been really good recently, Holt has been really good, but they just didn't seem to be on their game. They couldn't pass the ball, they couldn't tackle, they couldn't... Why is there this, why is there that lethargy about them? Why can they no build momentum, get a run of results? Is it, no, there's just a lack of, lack of energy about them after you know, a couple of great performances and results. And, and I think you then need to look, are we getting back to the problem of having Graham Murty as the caretaker? Manager, you know, for for this length of time, and then the uncertainty that remains over the the manager situation because it's, it's as if, you know, there's a big game, you can get them up for it, they show a bit of steel, a bit of resilience, a wee bit of quality, and get a result. But when it comes to the, the nitty gritty, the bread and butter, home to Hamilton, away to Dundee, home to St Johnson, they can't they, they they can't seem to get themselves get themselves going for it. And that's a big that's a big worry. I think there's a case of the try to play the same way against every team when they yeah. can't do that they can't play the same way against St Johnston at home as they do Hibs away well, or against okay. Aberdeen away or against like they played quite similar the way they, on Saturday as they did in the defeat against Hamilton and that they passed it about far too much Yeah. but on Saturday they couldn't even pass to each other some of the passes were terrible to Vernier can't seem to pass five yards yeah. just now Candias is the same uh, I just don't I don't know what's going on but they seem to just when they're playing at home it's almost like they're the away team of five, ten years ago where they come go to Ibrooks and don't feel like they can win. The one thing that I thought was a big decision before the game was switching away from the diamond. Because I, whenever I've seen Rangers play that diamond, I thought they've, they've looked pretty good. To go for a, a 4-3-3, I think you're missing the penetration in midfield that you get from having someone behind the strikers. Yeah. I mean, there's not really that player amongst those midfield three that goes beyond constantly breaks the lines and, 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 and supports the striker. So I think that was part of the problem. There was just there was no penetration in the final third. I think Mark's right though. I mean they went with a diamond against Aberdeen and it worked on that occasion. But but to then just stick with it, you no, know, it was like I think the next game obviously when Ryan Jack was missing, they they, they went with Candias in in the diamond, which was just never gonna was never gonna work. Candias's tendencies always to go wide. Yeah. That no, so there was a real imbalance there, and no, I think Murty ended up switching at, at, at half time. That was a the Ross County game yeah. at, at Ibrooks, um, when when Pena came off, um, and he could have taken MD off at half time, but Pena was the was the obvious one. So, yes, I'm not saying Graham Murty's no flexible with formations. Mm. I'm sure he can, and he has switched it about a few times, but they can't nail themselves down to one to one formation. They need to look at every game at Ibrooks, depending on the opposition, and work out a way of breaking them down. That's the job of any Rangers manager, because you know teams are going to sit in, you know they're going to make it make it difficult for you. And it's the same with Celtic, and that's where Brendan Rodgers have been so impressive you know, during their run, that whoever came to Celtic Park, however defensive they were, they would always find a way. And I think Rangers, Rangers have really struggled with that. I agree with Mark. I think the Aberdeen and Hibs games almost suited us because we could sit in and defend and you know, hit teams in the break whereas when it's the onus is on Rangers a home game against Hamilton or St Johnson where they need to make the play they need to set the tempo they've really they've struggled this season I mean Ibrooks their performance at Ibrooks this season has been, has been terrible and that's that's a big a big worry and that's something that's going to need to be sorted out either by Graham Murty or the new manager coming in I think there's a personnel issue there as well with players that can play with wide left because obviously when you play Candace then you've got to also have a left winger for balance yeah. and Josh Windass is the only player that can play there really right now unless you move Declan John up one but then you've got nobody or Cranchard and then Cranchard he doesn't have the legs to play there anymore uh, so Windass looks so much better when he's playing through the middle his confidence just seems to shoot through the roof I think we've even seen it the last 20 minutes or so when Cranchard came on on Saturday and Windass moved central he had that shot right away had a couple of headers that he probably should have scored with but he, he was willing to take players on again when he went through the middle where he wasn't willing to do that wide left so I, left wing is something that really needs sorted in January to allow Windass to move central play as number 10 or play off Morales or whatever he's 
going to do, but he can't play left wing for the rest of the season. You mentioned January, and that's a good segue into discussing the potential transfer moves. We've got one today in the Daily Record about Cardoso going to the uh, Portuguese club Estoril. Estoril? That's my pronunciation. If it's yeah. wrong, I, I do apologise. Um, but what do you guys make of that? He seems to now be the fifth choice centre-half, and he's had a tumultuous time. Come in, looked very good in the first few games, very comfortable in the ball, but... He's not looked comfortable in the rough house that is Scottish football, has he? I'd be surprised if he left so early though, Johnny, because I think I think for the money Rangers paid for him, but is it maybe £1.2 million or something? For his age, Rangers were looking at that signing in a similar way to Morelos and thinking we can really develop this guy, nurture him and maybe in the future sell him on for a, for a healthy profit. Um, and I think we, I've spoke before, I do think he's got decent attributes you know, as a young centre-back. I think he's got an awful lot to learn. Um, but what I will say from speaking to people who, who know him and have got to know him, he really enjoys Glasgow, he really enjoys playing for Rangers. I think he, I think he realises how, how big it is you know, and what it, <coughs> what it means to supporters and stuff. So I don't envisage him being in any rush to leave. And, with all due respect to Estoril, I mean, I don't see why that would be a, an appealing move for him when he's just kind of started this uh, this kind of career change uh, in Scotland. I, I agree, I mean, he, he slipped down the pecking order now because of the broken nose, a wee bit of loss of form. Danny Wilson's came back in and did okay, apart from, no, I thought I don't like conceding the goal on Saturday, but um, I, I still think there'll be a place. I think any Rangers manager coming in would look at Cardozo or want to have a serious look at him and think, no, I want, I want to keep him, I want to have a closer look at him, work with him, make him better. He's got attributes, he's still young enough. I think it would be, I don't really see the sense in, uh, in letting him go so early. Do you think you should be open to a move to, say, a, a mid-table Premiership side on a, on a loan for six months, given that he is where he is in the pecking order? to give him some time in a less pressure environment to get used to the, the adaptations I, 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 that he needs for the Scottish game? I don't, I don't think so. I think I mean, the guy's played in the top flight in Portugal, mm. do you know what I mean? So you know, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have to go to a, a Partick Thistle or that to, kind of, to learn his trade. I think, you know, as I said, the first couple of games he played this season, I genuinely thought him and Alves, with Alves being the, the mentor beside him, uh, obviously two of them speaking the, speaking the same language, I thought, no, this has got the makings of a decent partnership. It hasn't worked out for a number of reasons. <coughs> um and it's kinda went went a bit went a bit haywire for the for the period. Um but I will say again I still think I still think there can be a future for Cardozo at Rangers if he knuckles down, they get a new manager in obviously sooner rather than later. Um and you no know, they can maybe then try and get the best of it. I think he had the best 45 minutes of his Rangers career when he came on against Aberdeen up there at yeah. Stodry. And you could see how much it meant him as well yeah. when he celebrated that <laughs> headed clearance. It was, it was brilliant to see a player do that as well. Yeah. And uh, I think for certain games, David Bates may be ahead of him in the pecking order, but for your run of the mill Scottish game, I would have Cardoso ahead of him every yeah. week. Distribution uh, yeah. would be far better. Yeah. Yeah. For the games that Rangers are on top, when he's, played, he's got to play the ball with his feet, play it out from the back. He's a far better choice, I think, if Bates does his job and he comes in, he'll win anything in the air, he'll put his body on the line. But for games against, like we say, for games like Saturday against the Johnson and stuff like that, where Rangers see a lot more of the ball, then it's Cardoso every time. And I don't think he'll want to leave either. Although he had that wee mess up at the weekend with the video and stuff that was going yeah. on social media. But Yeah, that was, that was an odd one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, think, I don't even think you can really blame him. I mean... How often do we see players get that? Everybody's getting caught with yeah. this yeah. stuff now, aren't they? If you're a Portuguese guy coming over to Scotland for the first time, you're not going to know what Mond means. Uh, I, mean, I didn't know what it meant when I moved from Ireland and <laughs> I'd been coming here for 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose it's the it's the dangers of the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl, to use the old cliche, you know, you're always going to have people who are out to have a wee laugh and for them it's a wee joke, they can share it with their, their pals and say, Look at this! It's isn't it funny? But then when it starts to go viral on social media, it can actually have a real negative impact yeah, on players. That will be part of the learning experience for Cardozo. He'll have learnt for that. He'll certainly know. He'll certainly not make the same mistake again. Yeah. Uh, he's still young. A few of them have been caught. I mean, 
I seen one last week. It was a Colo Touri yeah. get, get caught as well. I mean, that's an experienced, yeah. an experienced guy who's been there and done it. So, but I think he'll, he'll learn from that. I think he is still learning. You need to remember, Cardozo's came over. And he signed for a Portuguese manager um, who's got the sack. You know, a few months in. Rangers haven't been in great form. You know, going out of Europe so early, which he was, he was a big part of. So. Then they brought him those obviously in the, in the semi final where he was he was battled by uh, by by big Ryan Bowman. So it's been a uh, as you say a kind of tumultuous season for him so far, and but we're hardly halfway through. So he's still learning. I just think I'm not saying he's been he's been brilliant. I think there's a lot to work on, but I think it's just it's too early to write him write him off for a guy as I say that he signed for that amount of money. In the summer, I think uh, he needs a wee bit more time. Yeah, I think it's different from a Carlos Pena and a Her- Eduardo Herrera and writing them off. Don't they were not going to learn much no. before the end of the career. Whereas Cardoso was twenty-three. And they're international. Exactly. And, uh, and there is talk, guys. There is talk that both of those two players have been made available to Mexican and Spanish teams going at this transfer window. I mean, Scott, you've been you've not really had your say on Carlos Pena. Um, <laughs> uh, I take it you're not surprised. Uh, no, if that, that development is, I is be, true I wouldn't be surprised at all by that um, that Ross County game where Peña started at the tip of the diamond you know, freezing cold day at Ibrox I mean it's genuinely one of the worst performances I've ever seen for a Rangers player for 45 minutes actually hiding on the park didn't want, had no interest in getting the ball very little movement his touch and his control was abysmal. I don't know if he completed three or four passes in the half. I remember looking down when he lost the ball on one occasion. Um, it must have been after like 20, 25 minutes. I remember looking down at the dugout and seeing Graham Murty kind of turn away in disgust. Mm. And I was convinced, he actually looked over at the dugout, Murty, and I was convinced that he was going to sub him then. I think he wanted to take him off that early in the game because it was so bad. Um, but he waited to half time, and there was no way that that Pena could have could have reappeared. And I, I watched when that game finished. I thought, no, this guy could this guy could have kicked his last ball for Rangers. It was so poor. He arrived at the club amidst a storm of stories in Mexico regarding his personal life. Do you get the sense from talking to people in the club that he's amalgamated himself into the unit at Rangers that he enjoys it here? There's been there's not been a lot come out. I'm not sure. I mean, initially there was all, there was kind of rumours, sure that he was he was maybe enjoying himself a wee bit and had, had taken to the, the Glasgow nightlife, but a duck to water basically. Um, so that was a wee bit of concern. But I must admit that has kind of died down, and it seemed to be when he went through that wee kind of flurry of goals, um, particularly the, the St Johnson away game, where he get a couple of goals with really good finishes. You no, know, it seemed to be right. He's finally settled down, uh, they found a position for him um, and you thought he was maybe going to kick on but there's been so many kind of false dons with Peña this season when you thought right he's maybe going to he's maybe going to kick on for here but it's just not happened and listen I mean forget I, I keep hearing guys you know Rangers people on social media and stuff and even punters at the games and they talk about well oh, but he scores goals and he gets into the guy can't pass a ball six yards at the best of times struggles to control a ball his work rate to me Rangers fitness people might argue the GPS that's not it his fitness to me looks terrible he's he got can't. a fine head of hair though that's about the only thing he's got going for do you take the opposite view because there is people on Twitter that say would say to Scott well he's got five and seven I would go completely opposite to what he said but I, I think he's better than Scott gives him credit for and that a lot of people give him credit for and that he's a really good finisher when he gets the ball and actually manages to control it he's good on it but the problem is that too many times his first touch sends the ball five yards away see, or he see, trips over it but, but see, if my, see if I'm playing and my only responsibility on that park is to finish or to score a goal I mean if I have no other I don't need to track back I don't need to, no, I don't need to mark him or I don't need to do this I don't need to, all I need to do is roam about for 90 minutes and hopefully get a, get a shot off and target. I'm pretty sure I could probably probably manage it, no, get, get a shot off. You need to judge the guy on his general play. He's playing as a number 10 for Rangers, a Mexican international, 
for a reported fee of you know, what we believe is like two and a half million quid. He should have been coming in at the start of this season and hitting the ground running, showing right for the off. Any any number ten or any attacking midfielder in that position, no, look at no, any player in that position around the world, around Europe, whatever, they go and get the ball. They want the ball. Their, t- their touch and control is the thing that sets them apart for other players in the team because they get the ball in tight situations and they get out of it and they're picking you know, killer passes, they're, they're threading balls through. He's getting none of that. Is Absolutely this, nothing. Is this the reality, though, of a player at £2.5 million now? Still an enormous amount of money for a Scottish club, but in the European context, a drop in the ocean. Like for, We used to think of a £250,000 sign-in, the likes of Lubo Maravchik, that was seen as, oof, you know, that's that's because you're spending so little. But maybe £2.5 million is equivalent to that now. That, that, that might be the case, but if that is the case, then that's the problem for Rangers recruitment or Pedro Cachina or whoever. To get better who, value. Whoever decided, no, we're, we're Rangers, we've not got that much money to spend, so let's go and no, let's go and spend two and a half million on this guy and and by the way Herrera hasn't been much better I mean I think Herrera's different in the sense that he's a trier yeah. and I think he'll, he'll put a shift he'll try and put a shift in for you but again you're talking about a guy Mexican international decent transfer fee has played at a good level the wages that we hear and it's we don't know for certain but we're hearing no, that he's, he's made on 25, 27 grand a week and he's coming on for two minutes or five minutes at the end of the St Johnson game and, and running up, running about for five minutes. I just... Is it 40 grand for the, the both of them? So... Could be. Nobody could really be. knows. No, Nobody's seen their pay slips at no, the end of the day. But, 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 but we know it's hefty. I mean, you don't hear all that without it being... that They're not sitting there on eight grand a week. Do you no. know what I mean? They're, they're, on, they're on big money because of their reputations and because of where they came from. And... They just haven't haven't repaid any of that as far as I'm concerned. What do you make of Herrera, Mark? Yeah, I don't, I've said from the start that I don't really think Joe Garner was a better footballer than Eduardo Herrera. I think he offered far more. Just saying something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he offered far more to the Rangers team. In fact, even the way that Cassini had Rangers playing, Joe Garner offered far more in the sense that Candace was putting in 400 crosses a game or whatever, and that's exactly what Joe Garner needed. I think and you're right there. Rangers never played to his strengths while he was here. Uh, so I think this is a Herrera just he doesn't seem like he's able to jump. He doesn't seem like he's able to run anywhere. He's got a great touch. Yeah, he's, he's great at linking play. That that's the strength of his game. But but I, he doesn't get into the positions because he can't run anywhere and he can't jump to win a header. And he's six that, foot. Is it six foot three? Is and he, he's getting out jumped by pretty much every defender in the league. I don't think the style of football in Scotland suits him. I think in a slower build up type game where he's got a bit more time to link up play. And where there's less emphasis on aerial duels, he might be decent in there in Mexican football because there's maybe not, not as much crossing as there is in Scottish football. But for me, he doesn't he doesn't have the equipment to I, make a long term go of it. I, I think Rangers will be doing extremely well to get those two off the wage bill in January and get if they can get any sort of money back in for them. Mm. I've um, told the Pedro Cassini thinks that these guys will do a job in Mexico again get them back possibly I mean that, that's your only hope I mean you're, you're not, nobody in nobody in Britain is going to buy them so if they can get no, the wages we're talking about um, and get them off the wage bill in January free up some, some much needed cash um, as I say we can get a transfer fee for them uh, great uh, but I think it's going to be tough and they're not going to <coughs> They've got big contracts, no, on that money, so they're going to want to be, be weighed and in. long contracts yeah, as well. These guys, these guys aren't daft, and no, they'll be happy if they don't feel the terms not right for them to go. They'll be happy just to just to sit there, um, sit there and take their money until it's until it's right to, to go. I thought that was a weird one that Peña wasn't even in the squad on Saturday, even though yeah, like, I mean, he's been in, he was on the bench against Hibs and stuff. He's scored goals against the Jocelyn already I mean I thought it would be worth at least having him on the bench if Rangers need him in the second half which they could have done with him to get in the box and try to score a couple of goals because they didn't create much but the two that Windass had I think especially Pena probably would have done better with if he was in those positions but he, that's the only problem We spoke about this Johnny Wright at the start of the season when Cachina made these signings and you looked at Guillaume Doran Ryan Jack and uh, Bruno Alves 
three of them were big signings, but you knew what you were getting from them. And I think we agreed at the time that Kashinia would ultimately be judged on the spine of the team that he'd bought. Well, the guys that he knew, which was Cardozo, Pena and Herrera, right through the middle of the team, three transfer fees and decent wages. And as we're sitting here just now, despite what I'm saying about Cardozo, I still think he's got a chance. He hasn't done it, and the other two have been a complete write-off. And that's why Pedro's out of job, and it's partly why Rangers have, Rangers have struggled. Three, big, three biggest transfer fees as well, isn't yeah. it? It's Okay, well, well, moving away from players that are going out and onto players that could be coming in in terms of the stories that are out there, Jamie Murphy is a name that's been mentioned. Is he a player that you think could add something to Rangers? Definitely. I mean, we said already that Rangers need to sort out that left wing and he'd be perfect for it. I mean, he's not getting a game at Brighton just now, but they said that, I don't know if try to pronounce his name, but I mean, they paid £15 million for him yeah. in the summer. Uh, he's a lightning quick. Yeah. Yeah. Quality player. Jamie Murphy's not going to get in the starting lineup ahead of him if if he's fit and available. So I, th- I think Murphy would be a terrific yeah. signing for Rangers. Um, there's a definite interest there. I know that for a fact. I think Rangers ideally would like to get him in on loan in January until the end of the season with an option to buy. At that point, I think I'm right in saying he would have a year left at Brighton. No, I understand. At that point, Rangers would maybe be looking at a transfer fee of around a million, a million pound uh, to get him in the summer. Um, but he's a good age. He's experienced now at the top level in England, Championship, Premier League. And he played in Brighton's first game in the Premier League this season. Um, I, th- I agree with Mark in terms of the, those wide areas. That's where Rangers need to strengthen. Um, he also knows the Scottish game and he's a Rangers fan from what I believe so he ticks a lot of, a lot of boxes um, and I, th- I actually think if Rangers could get him in on those terms, you know, initially on loan and then, and then buy him assuming everything goes to plan uh, I think he would be an excellent excellent addition he's to that squad He's still a good age as well, is he? 28 yeah. he is, is 28, he? yeah That's a, He's really coming into his prime or yeah. should be coming into his prime for that sort of player well, Listen, Pete we talk all the time about how the championship in England, well, most people agree that the championship's a step up for the Scottish Premiership. I mean, Murphy was an absolute star in the championship uh, with, with Brighton and before that with, with Sheffield United and stuff. So, um, yeah, if you do a job at the top level of the championship, you should be more than capable of doing a job at the prim- in the Premier definitely. Premiership. And the one that won't go away, we've discussed it before, but once again, you know, Stephen Naismith was doing interviews uh, the other day as part of his Loaves and Fishies charity that he's involved with, and he was suggesting that he would like to come back to Scotland. It seems like if it's not Rangers, it's going to be someone else, because it seems that he's pretty determined to get back up the road. What do we feel about that? Is that something that could be a good move for me? If he's 31, he had serious injury, not played a lot of football, but here's a guy that will give you the proper winning mentality that is maybe missing. He would walk into the Rangers team right now. I know a lot of fans would say they don't want him back because of his interview when he left and stuff like that, but people don't want Kenny Miller back either because he played for Celtic. If he scores a winner against Celtic in his first game back, then fans will forget all about his interview again. Uh, he's far too good to be turning down if he, want, if, if he wants to go to Rangers. They're in no position to turn down a player like that. Uh, he'd get goals, he'll work hard. Play in a variety of positions. He, he, he can play wide, he can play up yeah. front, he's played centre mid for Rangers plenty. Uh, so there's not, there's not a con in this deal, I don't think. I think it, every single thing about it is a good move if Rangers can get him. My, my only slight concern is just what you said, Johnny, but just lack of games, no lack of game time, a few injuries. So you may be worried, is he, is he still. No, no, not even so much the play he was, but he still got that energy, drive, kind of that kind of explosiveness that he had. Obviously, when he first, when he first went to Rangers, I agree with Matt. I think ultimately, if you can get him, it's a no-brainer. I think it was a no-brainer in the summer when it was talked about, and I think we spoke at the time that the Rangers board were very keen to get Naismith, and it had been discussed, but it was Pedro Cachinha that was a, that was against the idea because he felt he could he could get better. Elsewhere, which clearly, clearly, <laughs> yeah, that was not uh, a good as call as we've previously <laughs> discussed. This is a guy that Norwich paid 11 million for not that long ago, he's, yeah. he's still a talented footballer, yeah. And, and at 31, 
you, know, you might think thirty one is maybe getting you know, going towards the end, but you, know, you mentioned Kenny Miller, I mean he's still he's still producing at you know, 37, 38. So I mean if Naismith if Naismith's fit, um it looks as if he's keen. Obviously Rangers would be his first his first choice back in Scotland, so if he's available then they have to look at it. Naismith, Murphy, both players based in England. We've got a few players that we've discussed in great detail that are based here. Louis Moult, away at Preston already, the, the one that got away. Um, we've got Jamie Walker, we've got Kenny McLean, both players come at the end of their contract, players we've discussed. Does this suggest that there's a reluctance on the part of Rangers hierarchy, perhaps Mark Allen, to be shopping in the Scottish market, the fact that Louis Moult has been allowed to get away without any apparent attempt to, to, to snap them up. It seems seems like such an obvious one. Well, I, I think in general, over the last few years, you know, the Rangers of, well, say the last five years, when Rangers have been through a kind of tough, a tough time, I think it's fair to say Rangers have been a bit slow on the uptake when it comes to young emerging players in Scotland and going and, going and getting them, going and scouting them early, um, getting involved in the, in the process and trying to get them get them to Ibrooks now. Until very recently there's been no scouting system, even when Mark Warburton was in charge, it was only Frank McParland. And when Warburton came in with McParland, they were only interested in shopping in one market and that was in England. And you couldn't really blame them for it because they didn't have a scouting system and that was the market that they that they knew. So the irony is though down at Nottingham Forest, there's only one market they've really been shopping in. Scotland. <laughs> So, it, but, it, but all he was interested in was looking down south. Players that Frank McParland knew, um, you know, that's get like Sir Joey Barton and all that. I mean, you know, I think the only Scottish based player they went for was Michael Harron, Michael who yeah. Harley kicked a ball from. So, in terms of Mark Allen, I think obviously when Mark Allen came in, the only people he would know in the game would be, would be down south. I don't know anybody in Scottish football that knew Mark Allen mm. before he came in. So, yeah, but that's only recently, yeah. really, um, that John Brown's been put in. You would think now, as you say, the fact that, that John Brown's been put onto this new look scouting team, Rangers should have their finger on the pulse with young no young Scottish players. But when you think of Lewis Morgan, um no young young boy at St Murray looks as if he's going to sign for Celtic. I mean Rangers obviously had him in their system and have let him go. But, but, but even despite that, you know, the boy's been flying for St Mirren for you know, 18 months to two years. I've, I've watched him Scotland under 21 games over the last year and he's been a standout every time. And I, I know guys who are scouts for clubs in England who work up here and they've been raving, they're texting me and raving about this boy. So how can Rangers not be aware of how well he's doing? And if they are, why are they not in the... No, why are they not competing with, with Celtic and others to try and get him? No, you see Celtic a couple of weeks ago inviting Lewis Morgan and uh, Jack Hendry for, for Dundee to their Champions League game, giving them the VIP experience and all that. Just no, just uh, making them feel wanted, um, basically. And that, that's a huge thing think, for any th- young player. I think we've seen today some photos come out of Lewis Morgan as a young ball boy at Ibrox fairly well known I think as allegiances when he was growing up so again even more fertile ground you would think for the club to go in there but the question is if you've got a lad like that and he's offered the choice between Rangers and Celtic even if he does have allegiances one way at the moment the way the clubs run without a manager are you really going to sign on for Rangers to find out the next manager is some guy who comes in and does he fancy even when you're a talented kid like that and the world's at your feet and you've got all the confidence in the world You've got Brendan Rodgers on the other end of the phone saying, listen, I'm going to make you part of this team for the next five years. You might not go in right away, but you're part of the process. You can't get that at Rangers at the moment. I don't know. I think that him going to Celtic is a big risk for him as well. He's got Scott Sinclair in front of him, who's not going to be dropped from that team anytime soon unless he decides to leave for whatever reason, which I can't imagine he will. He's, what, 29 now? He's not going to get a big Premier League move again. So I think Lewis Morgan going there is a huge risk for him because he's not going to get into that Celtic team. He's going to sit there like with Johnny Hayes on the bench not the Scott much. Allen syndrome yeah Scott Allen again is it, I, there's a thing you see it with Barcelona and stuff like that when they let players go so like obviously Lewis Morgan was in the Rangers youth system when they let him go 
get a buyback clause in his contracts when he goes to St. Martin. Guys like that. Yeah. Even if you don't think they're going to be any good, just get that clause in just in case they do come good. I mean, look at the amount of players that Barcelona have let go to English teams, guys like Fabregas and that. They had buyback yeah. clauses when they let them go and then they get them back in five years to pay a decent bit of money for them, but they've learnt their game somewhere else, they became back far better players. And it's something that I think Mark Allen and guys like that really need to do and talk about them not looking at Scottish players, but if you look at that Celtic team, we spoke about Sinclair already, him and Dembele are the two key players, but a lot, they've lost form at times and it's the Scottish guys like Stuart Armstrong, uh, obviously James Forrest not getting through the system, but it's guys, the Scottish guys in the team that have kept them going through that 69 game unbeaten run. Hmm. I think Rangers really need to get back to that again where they've got a Scottish base of players, the best of the Scottish talent, get them signed up, get them in the team and then build around them with your flair players from Spain, down south, wherever you want to get them. In, te- in terms of Morgan, no, you're right, it's a, it will be a big decision for Morgan because no, it looks as if initially he would go back to St Mirren on loan for another six months but no, of course he'll go to Celtic and have a lot of competition and, and might struggle like a Scott Allen or a Johnny Hayes to, to get regular football but from Celtic's point of view it's an absolute no-brainer for yeah. them for and it's what, peanuts 300 for grand. 300 grand they know they'll get that back and more even if he wasn't a regular at Celtic because somebody an English Championship or whoever would come back in a Scottish Premiership and sign him so I think it's great business for Celtic to have identified him, as I say, make him feel make him feel wanted, probably doing the right thing as well by St Mirren, by saying to them, look, we'll take him for a fee, but we'll, we'll send him back to you and uh, for the next you know, as they try to get up to the up to the premiership in the next few months. So you know, Lewis Morgan might have a might have a, a decision to make, but for Celtic's point of view, it's great business and a and a no brainer for them. And I, I go back to the point, Rangers Rangers should really be ashamed of themselves if they weren't in that market competing, competing for him or speaking to the boy or his representatives. No, they should have been in there with Celtic trying to trying to do some sort of deal because, like for Celtic, it should be a no-brainer for Rangers to go and get him. And the one thing you're saying, no, why would you go and sign for Rangers with all the turmoil? Mm-hmm. I suppose the one thing in Lewis Morgan's mind, if there was an offer there for Rangers. The boy would be thinking, I could walk straight into this. Rangers team start start playing, so that that would be the big uh, the big attraction to going to Ibrox. One of the players that you mentioned earlier on uh, was Kenny Miller. He's obviously had a fairly bad hamstring injury. It looks like he's going to be out for some time. I know that he's not been in the prime of his life in terms of his form, but did we already begin to see? the lack of leadership that comes when Kenny Miller is out of the team with that game against St Johnson. I don't know, I mean, we've seen it as well against Hamilton and Dundee, but I'm pretty sure he played in both of those games and mm. there wasn't really any leadership in the same way as well, but he, he's a, a loss to the team no matter what age he is, he's still somebody who'll try his hardest, he'll get in the box, he's not scored that many goals this season, but he'll still offer a lot to the team. I mean, he offers a lot more than, say, Carlos Pena off the ball. Yeah. Uh, even if he's not scored as many goals as him this season, but yeah, he's still a huge he's, loss. If he's, he's a, big, for a big loss to the squad, yeah. I think. I mean, in terms of leadership, I don't no, I agree with Matt. I don't know how much leadership you can have on the park, um, even when things only going too well, especially when you're, when you're a striker like, like Kenny Miller, but certainly before games, at half-time, just being in and around the squad, a guy with that experience is uh, can be crucial for you, and I think that's where... Obviously, I'm assuming he'll, even though he's injured, he'll still be in around the place and you know, giving boys advice and, and, and still being trying to be that kind of uh, cap one of the captains, if you like. Yeah. Um, but he's been really off for him this season. Uh, we've said we've said that before. Um, so in terms of the actual team, will it be a loss? I'm not sure it'll be that big a loss if, if Murty or whoever can come up with another. No, a, a solution to it then they can get round it but in terms of just yeah having them in the squad even if it's coming off the bench or whatever then I think it is a loss Scott you've been around professional footballers for over a decade as a journalist would it be fair to say that the, the senior pros in the dressing room are almost as important in the, in, as a manager in terms of setting standards for the club 
So that in having someone like Kenny Miller who is a bit of a moaner, who demands the best from his, his colleagues around him, who, who showcases with his fitness and his commitment what it's all about to be a ranger, that's primarily what's missing. Yeah, and, and that's what's mo- one of the most important things without in a dressing room. Without a doubt. And I think, there's, I think that's been part of the Rangers' problem, is, is that there's been too, far too few guys like that in the dressing room, like Kenny Miller. You know, probably Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace would be the only two. I mean, I think he's somebody like Graham Dorans now would maybe come into that, but I mean, knowing Graham, he's no, he's not a vocal guy. He's no, he's not really that type. No, Kenny and, and Lee Wallace would certainly do that. You would think Alves would do it, but again, he's only been here a few months. No, you can't say the club means as much to him as it does to a Lee Wallace or a, or a Kenny Miller. So it's that Barry Ferguson type, really, isn't it? No, mm. that that's what he had when he when he was there. Um, as you say, no high demands, high standards, um, being a moaner, no taking young guys under a wing. Um, being hard on them when when no when he needs to be, I think Rangers have really lacked lacked that this season. Um, and when Pedro Cusinha was in charge, let's be honest, they didn't even have that in the kind of managerial sense. Um, I don't think even in the the backroom team, got a lot of respect for somebody like Jonathan Johansson who who Pedro brought in. Um, but my kind of limited knowledge of of Jonathan Johansson and, and having interviewed him a few times, again, he's not a, he's not a shouter, he's not a guy who's going to you know, call guys out and um, maybe that's been unkind on, on Jonathan, I don't know, but he doesn't, he's not that, no that type of guy who would you know, get guys with a scruff of the neck at half time and, and get them going and I, I genuinely, that might sound a bit old school, a bit but- cliched, but that's what Rangers have needed this season. Is it bigger at a club like Rangers? Because Ibrox can be a bear pit. It can, the, the fans will get on yeah. top of you. Do you know, you in a way that you have to be mentally strong. Whereas at a smaller club at St. Johnson, there's 3,000 fans, the stadium's not full. Yeah. It's it's not quite the same level of pressure. So in a way, if you've got a player who's in there giving you a hard time, demanding it off you, it's kind of beginning to set the seeds of what you're going to face on a Saturday. In a, in a <laughs> reduced environment compared to what it would be on a Saturday but it starts to prepare you mentally for that big challenge I think when you've got 50,000 on your back when you misplace one pass even if you've had the game of your life if you misplace a pass all 50,000 Rangers fans yeah. are going to be on your back and you need somebody that's going to tell you that that's going to happen you need to just ignore it get on with it use it as motivation I think only once this season really they've done that and that was the Ross County game hmm. when they came back from a goal down apart from that as soon as the fans have got on their back they've crumpled yeah. And it's I, happened again on that's Saturday. I, I think if you're, I think if at training, you've got a number of these guys who are just at it every day, and the intensity is high, and it's competitive, and no, you've got no your your Millers, your Barry Ferguson's, Lee Wallace's, whoever. If there's a, a group of these guys on you all the time, that's got to help you when you go on a Saturday. No, and as you say, maybe fans turn against you. But you've still got these guys as teammates at your. And all of a sudden they're on your back. side, yeah, exactly. as opposed to your. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's that's a key thing, and Rangers just haven't they haven't got enough of that. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be another uh, case for getting Stephen Naismith back in January or in the summer, whenever they yeah. can get him. Is that he is that kind of player? He's going to moan at you. He's going to be in your face constantly, but he will give his all as your teammate as well. So, I. It's just a no-brainer to get guys like that, and I think you need to get a good balance of being good enough while still having that feeling for the club. I mean, I don't want to rubbish guys like Andy Halliday or Jason Holt that might love the club and know what it's about, but and they'll get in your face as well and tell you what it's about. But they just weren't good enough at the time for what Rangers needed to be. Whereas guys like Naismith, Miller, they've been there, they've done it, they've won things with Rangers. They know what it's about. I think they're vital to Rangers going forward and it's the same in the manager situation as well getting the guy that knows the club it's interesting I think you mentioned Andy Halliday there I think any new manager coming in irrespective of whether initially they think Andy Halliday would be good enough to get in his in their starting 11 I think one of the first things you would do would be to try and get him back into the, into the squad and into the dressing room and he's an option isn't he I think he, he can play in a number of positions you know you're going to get 100%. He 
he knows more than anybody what, what Rangers means to people and you know his background and stuff. So even just getting him back in amongst amongst the group would have to be a positive thing. When he's on his game, he's, he's good enough as well. He's a good squad. I, I, like <coughs> I think he's a good squad, but I don't think he's a player that will start every week for our title winning Rangers no, team. No, he's a good squad, but look, look at the bench last oh, week. Oh, of course, yeah, there's, there's, there's no options there. The, sta- the standard of the bench was, I mean, was really bad. That's just. Nico Cratchow was probably the best player, best Rangers player on Saturday. He played 20 minutes off the bench, picked a few passes, but he's, th- what is he, 32, 33? Yeah. No and legs. he's probably more like 39 in real yeah, football, like, fo- football terms. He's in and around the squad for his experience and he's been able to help players to speak to guys like Windass and Bajonis and tell them what mm. to do. Yeah. But he's, he shouldn't be Rangers' best he's, player. He's anymore. been a massive disappointment, hasn't he? If you look at it over the course of the 18 months that he's been there now, and injuries have disappointed him. When he has played, he's. He was only 31 when he arrived, though. Exactly. So you're thinking. He spent the last two years playing in the what, second division in America. It's yeah, he was behind the eight ball right for the start yeah, because yeah. he'd been in America. His fitness was way, way down, yeah. way below what it should have been. But he did show signs early, early on right. that he could be a the party could be a big game player. Just before he got injured, when he scored and then set up a second, I think yeah. he, was, he was outstanding that day. Yeah. And then he got done his knee in, and he's never really been. In, injuries, injuries have really yeah. killed him. Uh, he was yeah. excellent against Progress in the first game at Ibrox yeah, as well, right. and you thought, yeah. okay, he's back on it. Yeah. He's had a full pre-season, but then it just. Yeah. I think he, he knows away. what he wants to do with his head. He just doesn't have the legs to chase the ball anymore. Yeah. But when he gets it, he can pick any pass that he wants. Yeah. yeah. Okay, final point. It would be remiss of us to go a full podcast without mentioning the manager situation. <laughs> and the latest name in the frame to be mentioned over and over again on social media, causing much consternation. Some people think it'd be a great idea, some people think it'd be a terrible idea, is Tony Poulos. Now, I'll go first. I think it's unrealistic that <coughs> Tony Poulos on circa what, 2.53 million a year to rescue teams at the bottom of the English Premiership is going to sign for Rangers for 800 grand. Um, Huge club, huge challenge, but at the end of the day, what will happen in the English Premiership is sooner or later, somebody's going to need someone to rescue them, and not only do you get that salary, but you get a handsome saving bonus for keeping them up. You're talking millions of pounds. So... Before you start talking about his style of play and all that, I think just from a realism point of view, to me it doesn't fit together. But Mark, what's your take? I originally thought it would be a great idea. Then I remembered that one of the first things he did at West Brom was get rid of Graham Dorns because he wasn't big enough. <laughs> and I don't see how that would work at Rangers if he came in and kicked Graham Dorns out on loan to someday in the Championship again because he's not <coughs> tall enough or he's not going to get stuck in. It's just people comparing it to Walter Smith's style of football. It's, it's nothing like Walter Smith's style of football. I mean, Smith knew what he was doing with getting five in defence, playing four full-backs, Kirk Broadfoot, right-back, left-back, wherever he could play him. Tony Pulis isn't the same. Tony Pulis is all about not getting beat. Smith did what he had to do to win, whereas Pulis will quite happily take a draw as long as it means he stays in the top flight. I don't, I don't think Pulis is the answer. I mean, this delay in getting a new manager has become so ridiculous that it's, it's almost got to the point where you're thinking just just get anybody in. and Tony Pulis is a good is a great pedigree down south he's a big name so you would you might automatically think Oof, no Premier League manager right let, let's let's get this guy in but no for me uh, I agree with you I think it's unrealistic because of the money involved and also I totally agree Tony Pulis I think will spend Christmas and New Year with his family uh, enjoy a couple of months off and then can uh, kind of no, the chairmans will start to twitch a wee bit. Well, there's already talk of Stoke <coughs> for his yeah. first Swansea. Swansea, Swansea's yeah. another one. Yeah. No, and they can go to Pulis and say, right, no, do your thing. Because doesn't matter how we play, doesn't matter how it looks. Keep us in this league. There's a big wage, and if you keep us up, as you say, there'll be a big, big hefty bonus at the end of it. Um, the other thing I would say though is, you can get kind of. Uh, when you think, oh, big name, Premier League, and you think, oh, no, you would definitely go and get him. But you're talking about a guy who, with all due respect, has never had to win games of, games of football. It's all about, as you say, no getting beat. No, mm-hmm. I, I, Nearly every game West Brom, would have, West Brom and Stoke would have played, Tony Pulis probably thought a point would be a good a good result. Rangers is a totally different 
kettle of fish. You know, mm. he wouldn't have come up here winning every game, every game that he plays. Um, I think that would be a huge change for him. Um, despite, you know, the kind of the Premier League being far superior to the, to the Scottish Premier, so I think just that dynamic of going from a team right at the bottom of the league where it's survival, survival, pick up points here and there, to suddenly trying to challenge at the top. And as you say, one misplaced pass at Ibrox and the crowd are on your back. I think that would be totally different for Tony Pulis to deal with. I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but for where Rangers are at the minute, I don't think he would be the he would be the answer. It's also the budget. It's a guy that had forty million pounds to yeah. spend in the summer and spent fifteen million on Ollie Bark and yeah. the wages he'd be talking about offering players fifty, sixty maybe even 70 grand a week down at West Brom yeah. whereas he comes up to Rangers and you know you've maybe got a, a ceiling of about 20 grand and that's for the top top players it would be great to see Tony Pulis work with Carlos Peña <laughs> I, I would pay money to watch that first training session it would be interesting I, I really need sorted soon though the manager situation is just getting beyond the joke now I mean I think today's day 55 since Pedro Cassino was sacked so at least board finally got that 55 we've been looking for it's just it's getting beyond the joke that it's got went on this long and Graham Murphy's still in charge and it's, it's, it's ludicrous the thing is that there's are we any further forward with any other names that are well, certainly for the outside I mean you can only go in your, your gut it, it looks like clearly they put all their eggs in one basket believing that they would get Derek McInnes believing that that would be a, a done deal a fairly simple deal which it proved uh, proved wasn't the case. Have you, have, uh, would you completely rule out it's impossible that we get to January and that this deal could be rekindled? Uh, no, 99% sure that won't that won't happen. I'd be amazed if, if I'm, I'm not saying Derek McInnes. It would just be the would most, be it'd be just the final twist in the tail, exactly. wouldn't it? That would just uh, be no, I mean, perfect way to end the bad two years. Would be that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't, I'm not saying he won't I don't think initially when when it, the news broke that he wasn't get, he wasn't taking the job, I thought well that's him he's never going to get the opportunity again. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think that will be the case. I think there might you know there might be an opportunity depending on circumstances in the future for Derek McInnes. Um, and I'm sure it's something that if it did come up again he would look at again as he did as he did this time. Um, but for the outside it looks as if. As I say, they put all their eggs in one basket. It's not happened. They've thought to themselves, we need to buy ourselves some time here. So we announce that Graham Murty's getting it for January. But as every game goes past, it's almost like you, know, you can see the board watching. They win a couple of games, beat Hibs, and you think, great, Graham, Graham might be the man for the job. It's save us a lot of hassle here. Just keep, keep winning. And then crashing back down to earth with defeat at home to St. Johnson, and suddenly they're... No, they're, they're getting into the get back into the bin to get get the get the list out and see see who's available. So there is no names. We have no <laughs> names. I don't think. No, I mean they must have a list of names. I mean, surely Mark Allen, as we know, would have compiled a list at the very start, which after Derek McInnes turned the job down, I'm assuming they've now got back to that list. The problem is, and we've spoke about it before. <clears throat> is that they were so confident of getting McInnes that Dave King backed himself into a corner at the AGM by describing the next Rangers manager. He was going to be Scottish, yeah. in work, uh, experience a, a British football. So if they don't go and get somebody like that, they're going to look, they're going to look a wee bit silly. Um, so you think off the top of your head, I mean, guys that are in, guys that have experience, the, the pool's not that big, no, when you. If you're looking at that criteria, you're off the top of my head in Scotland. You're thinking Tommy Wright would be a, a Robbie, candidate. Robbie Nielsen, maybe. Robbie Nielsen, Alec Neil would maybe be another one. No, oh, he's doing very well. Then it, you get to the older names: the Dick Advocates, the Walter Smiths, the Alex McLeish. Alex McLeish yeah. But but again, none of them are in work. Yeah. Dave King says the guy was going to be in work. So unless he's going to change his stance on that and come out and say, listen. I no, obviously, I said that because we were, we were I th- chasing, suspect he will, we were chasing Derek McInnes. I suspect uh, he, he might well do. Um, but they, it'll be interesting because obviously Rangers have got this trip to Florida in, in January. Um, and I think for a new manager coming in, that's an ideal trip. No, coming in at that time, no, obviously we all agree 
you should be in far sooner, you should have been in long ago. Um, but if it's going to be January, it's actually a really good time with, with that trip because I think these trips we go away, if I was a new manager, it would be the perfect opportunity to get all the squad together, have a right good look at them in training. Bit of bonding, go out for a bite yeah. to eat, no pressure. Yeah, you're away for the spotlight, you can try things in the two friendly games, like the two Florida Cup games, you can have a look at different formations, different systems, come back after the three week break with a real idea, that three weeks should give any new manager an idea on individual players, shapes, you no know, systems, whatever, and you can then hope that you no know, he hits the ground run. I think the first game back's the, the Scottish Cup tie it. It's gonna be some shot at system at Fraserburgh at Florida to Fraserburgh. Twelve o'clock on a Sunday morning in Fraserburgh. First game back. Um but as I say that, that's why I think no if what I'm trying to say is if Graham Murty's still in charge in Florida, I think Rangers again will have missed another opportunity to get the new guy in and bed him in during that trip with the players and, and try and get off to a get off to a flyer when they, the, the action starts. They've said till the end of the year, Murray. Yeah. So that's eleven days. Yeah. And I think if there had been serious movement Is it not until at least the end of, at least Yeah, I think at it least was the at least the, the end of the year. Yeah. Right, okay. So I think they were kind of hoping that he would go on beating to the Celtic game, but then of course they even were. if he puts in a good performance and that, just give him the job. They, their, their dream scenario, it seems, would have been, as you say, beat Aberdeen twice, beat Hibs, go unbeaten to the old firm game, and the dream, show. pick up a point at Celtic Park, have a good showing, and I think genuinely at that point they would have said, yeah, there's the sure. job. But instead, this delay... And we spoke about it before we before we started this. Um, there was a real opportunity for Rangers um, over the last few months to pick up points and close the gap on Celtic. As Celtic were were uncharacter characteristically dropping points in the Premiership. Even if you take the two home games against Hamilton and St Johnson, what should have been a gimme six points. No, not including it, the away game at Dundee, who were bottom of the league. Well, they, they should have really won that as well but even six points Rangers could have been looking at getting into the new year neck neck with Celtic and you consider everything that's going on at the club this season if you'd have said you're going to get into the new year no, a couple of points behind or, or neck neck every fan would have, would have bit your hand off for that so the delay in getting the new manager I think has contributed hugely to, to dropping these points uh, St Johnson, Hamilton, Dundee, and it's been really, really costly. I think in terms of competing with Celtic at the top and trying to put up some sort of challenge. Are we starting to see that maybe the gap isn't what people have said it is? I mean, Celtic were incredible for so long, but ultimately this season they're significantly worse off. I think it's I think it's eleven points this season compared to last season. I guess it's been coming for Celtic for a while, though. Is that I think. Maybe the, even the unbeaten run was weighing them down a bit. That they were going out just to make sure that yeah. that unbeaten run continued rather than anything else. They went like see against Hibs as soon as they went through the up. They sort of normally the Celtic team would just continue to attack, attack, attack. They dropped back more and more as as that game went on. And uh, yeah, I think it's been coming for a while. And I don't think Celtic will happen. Celtic like that again. They might get beat before the end of the season. Again. They might drop points again, obviously, but. There's no way that they'll be as bad as that again. I still think the gap is big. It's very big. We've spoken about the problems Rangers have got in the squad and stuff. I still think the gap is big, but I just, you know, certain circumstances we we sailed. I think you've made a great point about no the unbeaten run and no maybe accepting draws and that just to keep the keep the run keep the run going. So there's been an opportunity for Rangers that has been really. No, really badly missed by them because as you say I mean, to drop 11 points already uh, this season that should give any teams round about them no, you need to include Aberdeen in that, in that as well that should give should have given Rangers and Aberdeen real, real encouragement to go and try and take advantage and they haven't really they haven't really did that and I think no, if you're at Rangers a player coach and the board you must be looking at that thinking Oh, we should be closer. We sh- we should really be closer to them. Um, and it's to have come out of this wee period having beaten Aberdeen twice and beaten Hibs. The real tough games when you looked at their schedule. 
who have no taking full advantage because of slipping up to the likes of Hamilton and, and Dundee and St Johnson. Um, that will be a big, big regret for them, I think. Absolutely. Well, we're going to leave that there. Um, we'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. We're on Twitter. I'm at, at Johnny R. McFarlane. Mark, you're at? Uh, at Victor And Scott? Scott McDermott. Eight. Okay, that's great. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Bye.